Welcome to St. James Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast features edited highlights from our online Zoom service held on Sunday, June the 13th, 2021. To join us online or for more information, please go to stjamesleith.org.uk. Welcome to St. James's as we gather together to worship on this sunny Sunday morning. I'm Ellie, I'm going to be leading the first part of our service today and Ian will be reflecting for us a bit later on on the mustard seed kingdom. As we begin our service, if you have a candle, you might like to light it now. as a symbol of God's presence with us, whether you're in the church or joining us from home. We'll now take a moment to be still and remember we're in the presence of God who may come among us in unexpected ways. Together, let us welcome one another. Friend and stranger, welcome in the name of Jesus. We gather gather together, together, putting our trust trust in the grace and mercy of God. Amen. Amen. Let us open in prayer. Eternal God, Maker of the skies above, lowly Christ, lover of the earth and its people, unfettered spirit, giver of gracious gifts, you are present among us. O hidden mystery, sun behind all suns, soul within all souls, in all we touch, in all we meet, you are present among us. As bearers of your image, we come to be reshaped, dependent on your mercy. We ask to be made new.
Let's say together the collect for the third Sunday after Pentecost. Faithful creator, whose mercy never fails, deepen our faithfulness with you and through your living word, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Now we'll have a moment of confession. Trusting in God's forgiveness, let us in silence confess our failings and acknowledge our part in the pain of the world. Let us say together, may God forgive us, renew us, and the Spirit enable us to grow. Amen. Amen. today is taken from Mark chapter 4 verses 26 to 34. Glory, Glory to Christ, Christ our Saviour. He also said the kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed in the ground and would sleep and rise night and day and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself first the stalk then the head then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once he goes in with his sickle, because the harvest has come. He also said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs, and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. Give thanks to the Lord for his glorious gospel. Praise to Christ our Lord. Thank you. To what shall we compare the kingdom of God? A mustard seed. So in our first reading, we have one of the great Old Testament stories where Samuel anoints David, God's chosen one, to be the next king of Israel. And David is such an unlikely choice that Jesse, the father, doesn't even invite him in from the fields. And God warned Samuel to look for the unexpected, 
Do not look upon his appearance or on the height of his stature, for God does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And this seems to be a thread in the Bible of God calling unexpected people. Abraham, Jacob, Moses, David, Peter, Paul, Ruth, Rahab, Mary, Magdalene, Elizabeth, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and many more people that would have been unexpected uh, people to be used and anointed by God. And in our New Testament reading, Jesus continues this thread when he pronounces that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, an unlikely and unexpected metaphor. Because first century Palestine hearers would have expected Jesus to compare the kingdom of God to something like the mighty cedar of Lebanon. And uh, I think on the screen, hopefully we'll see a picture of the cedar of Lebanon, uh, but it's a much more uh, apt metaphor, a magnificent, awe-inspiring, powerful tree, which was richly used in the Old Testament as a metaphor for Israel, depicting the fall of en enemy en empires, nations being humbled, beasts taking shade under its powerful limbs, and birds nesting in its branches. And here I believe that Jesus is parodying this cedar of Lebanon metaphor by suggesting that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Because the mustard seed grows into a shrub, mustard shrub tree that could never have such pretensions of grandeur. Instead, the mustard seed was more like bindweed, a wild, voracious plant, difficult to control, often occurring on the boundaries and edges of fields, but also, as you can see from the picture, liable to pop up in the most unexpected, often inhospitable desert places. Consequently, the mustard seed was potentially a sacrilegious metaphor for the kingdom, designed to shock the hearer because it represented not only disorder, but also a source of uncleanliness. Why? Because once sown, the mustard seed spreads like a weed, causing havoc on the ordered garden, land or field. It also throws purity boundaries into confusion, precisely because it spreads indiscriminately, thereby violating the Old Testament pro prohibition against planting two types of seeds in the same field. Leviticus 19, 19 and Deuteronomy 22 verses 9 uh, forbid that. And some commentators have even suggested that the mustard seed's presence was forbidden in kosher gardens. So the mustard seed becomes an agent that destabilizes the established order of things, especially carefully cultivated and ordered fields and gardens. It was a force to be reckoned with because it could turn up anywhere. And I think this teaching would have been radical stuff because Jesus was in a very subtle way challenging 
the Roman Empire, an offence that carried great danger and, as we know, uh, a threat of crucifixion, because he was using a hidden code within his parables, which explains why later in the passage Jesus says that he did not speak except in parables and then explained everything to the disciples afterwards in private. Because Jesus is effectively saying the kingdom of God is different than the mighty Roman Empire, different than the cedar of Lebanon. It may not be powerful, ordered and structured in a worldly sense, but it was more, it was more pervasive and impossible to control, with the potential to destabilize the power structures of the day. The seeds of, the, of freedom, of love and justice spring up all over the place in the most unexpected places. And when grown into a shrub, would, like the cedar of Lebanon, still be able to provide shelter for the birds of the air. And I think even uh, if you look around today, you can see the kingdom of God springing up in unexpected places. I just think of Marcus Rashford, um, a million pound uh, footballer, challenging the government about free school meals. An unexpected place for the kingdom of God to uh, come up to sow seeds of justice and what is right. You also think of uh, Greta Thunberg and all she's done in challenging governments about climate change. And I think if you actually look at the news, you can see many, many more examples of the kingdom of God coming up in surprising places. But Jesus is also challenging the religious leaders and institution of his day with its laws of purity, with its division of who is clean and who is unclean, of who is worthy and who is unworthy, who is in and who is out and how we love to create these boundaries, because it's such an easy way to create a sense of belonging. We are different, we are not like them, we belong to this group. And like some of Jesus' other parables with the leaven and the tares, the mustard seed, shrub and seed suggest a kingdom of pollution, where boundaries are blurred, where the kingdom occurs on the edges amongst the outsiders, and pops up in unexpected places and within unexpected people, in which simple people, sinners, outcasts, are all part of the kingdom. The mustard seed kingdom cannot be controlled, and it is ubiquitous and can be found in all sorts of odd and strange places. I've already shared that when I was in India on a placement from Bible college, I was expecting to find God in an evangelical mission with clear, unpolluted boundaries of who is in and who is out. Instead, I found shelter and healing within much less bounded groups, within the gentleness of a Hindu dance group, a large community, and whilst working in a secular drug rehab center in New Delhi. And what I learned was the real sign of the presence of uh, Jesus was love uh, which leads to healing. And the most important part of the mustard seed was that although it was considered a weed, it also had healing qualities. And when grown into a shrub, as I've said, was still able to provide shelter for the birds of the air.
So the kingdom of God occurs where healing takes place, where life springs up. And every time a person forgives another, every time a person helps another without an expectation of receiving anything in return, every time a person shows kindness and compassion, every time people challenge injustice and speak truth to power, this is where the kingdom of God is, regardless of who and where it takes place. It is a kingdom of service, not power, of love, not fear, of life, not death. And unlike other political, economic, national, or other institutions that make a claim on our allegiance, the tiny mustard seed may never grow into the cedar of Lebanon, but it can be found in unexpected places and in unexpected people, providing healing, life, and shelter for those on the margins and those in inhospitable environments. Amen. In our prayers this morning, I'm going to use a response taken from the Old Testament reading. When I say, Lord, look on our heart, if you'd apply and hear our prayer. Lord, look on our heart and hear our prayer. Let's pray. Dear God, you are a God of surprises, of the unexpected. Your thinking is different from our thinking. We see outward appearances, you see the heart. And we bring all of ourselves to you this morning, hiding nothing from you, we bring ourselves to you. Thank you for the many unexpected blessings we see in our world. That Mandela could hold hands with de Klerk and Paisley could chuckle with McGuinness. That a Manchester United football star can advocate for the hungriest children that G7 politicians can agree attacks on multinational companies, that the chaffinch warbles in the garden. Thank you for the many mustard shrubs of your kingdom throughout the world. Help us and our leaders to see what is of you, even in the unlikeliest of places, and to nurture the precious seed that we and they see and today we pray in particular that those G7 leaders might make the right decision today on coal-fired power stations. Help us not to give up hope, even for those places which seem the most hopeless, the most inhospitable. And we pray today for the mustard seed of peace in Palestine, in Yemen, in Northern Ireland, and in other places close to our heart. Lord, look on our heart and hear our prayer. Thank you, dear God, for the many mustard shrubs in the church throughout the world. Please forgive us our narrow view as to where and who they are. Forgive us our hasty judgments, our closed minds. Thank you for your blessings in the unexpected, in the person who irritates me, who ignores my rules, in the question that seems so naive, in the well-ordered three-point theor theoretical sermon, in the sign of the cross. Open our eyes and hearts to where you are at work. And as we at St. James seek to move forward, help us, whether Ian, the vestry or us all, to be open 
to see you in unexpected people and things, to embrace the fresh whilst cherishing what is trusted and good. And in a society and a community which has learnt not to expect much of any good from any church, help us to be an unexpected blessing of healing and of love to those around us. Lord, look at our heart and hear our prayer. As we pray for ourselves, we thank you for those moments when you unexpectedly erupt into our lives. Not just in holy moments when we set aside time for prayer, but also when we're busy, agitated or distracted. Help us to pay attention to your heart as you look on ours. Lord, look on our heart and, and hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. And finally, we pray for those who despair, who no longer expect to see your blessing anywhere. In a moment of quiet, let's bring to mind people we know who are in that situation. May those we have brought to you take heart from seeing your mustard seed in their life and in their circumstances. And may they and we dwell on the greatest surprise of all, that however much we can feel and seem like weeds in the field, you love us with an enduring love. Lord, look on our heart and hear our prayer. Amen. Jesus Christ gathered in your name, we bind ourselves to you and to each other in the tasting of food and drink, symbols of nourishment and sharing. And as we break bread, as you did with your friends, help us to recognize you in all people, all places and all situations. Amen.
Let us give thanks to our gracious God, whose mercy is Now going to say a blessing for a Celtic circle blessing for all at home, in your homes, and everyone here in church. May you be encircled with Christ's unconditional love. And may this love surround you and well up within you. May you be encircled with Christ's healing touch in your body, mind, and soul. And may you and your family be encircled by God's eternal safety so that you are protected from all temptations and ills and given all courage and strength to live always from Christ's safe and powerful center. Amen.